Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. We're back. Hour number two on FST Game Day. I'm here with Scott Engel. You can find him on Twitter at ScottyRotoX and Jim Day. On Twitter at Fantasy Taz, hit us up. Uh, <laughs> hit us up on any number of uh, outlets, but please do at uh, Twitter uh, at FNTSY Radio. So, Desha- uh, Deshaun Ruben Foster was arrested last night on suspicion of domestic violence battery. It's the second time that he's faced domestic violence charges. Uh, earlier this year, he was arrested at the team hotel. Uh, the latest I read was that um, he was being held without bail. Uh, I don't know if that's still the case, but the reality is the Niners have a big issue here with Reuben Foster. There's been a series of character issues regarding this guy from the second he was drafted, frankly, before he was drafted. And it continues on a team that is trying to create, is trying to rebuild it, it, with it. With it, I, I with don't young mean to cut you off, Mike, yeah, but it, it doesn't continue. It doesn't continue. Reuben Foster was just released by the 49ers. There you go. So they did the right thing. They did the right thing. It's, yeah, the 49ers have enough other issues with injuries and everything. It's uh, a good update. Thank you, Jim. I didn't. You know, I did not realize uh, that. Character concerns too. You know, they they're still trying to rebuild these. These franchises, it's, uh, we were just talking about it off the air, like the franchises in California, just like once legendary and, you know, just been bad, like the 49ers have just been bad for like the last two decades with the Raiders. I've never seen a team like been like stunk for 34 out of or 30 of the last 35 years. And yet somehow they still have a rabid following. Yeah. So, well, Dallas, Dallas too. Dallas has been like, what two playoff wins in twenty years, and yet somehow they're glamorous. I I don't get it. It's like America's team is the Patriots because when the Cowboys were America's teams, everybody loved them, or learned loved to hate them. It was they were teams that always got talked about. That's the Patriots now, the tough team in the in the NFL, the team that nobody wants to like face because they know they'll always get bloodied. That used to be the Raiders in the seventies and the eighties. I will 80s. say this: it's though, been the Ravens since the two. I will say this though: they, I I. I know you say the Patriots are America's team because they are like the foil for everybody. There's there's a fan base that loves them and a and a fan and a lot of people that just love. There's to no hate middle them. ground. I I get that, but I would say that the Cowboys at the height of their popularity had a wider fan base than do the Patriots. The Patriots are the NFL has expanded its borders beyond states and cities, yeah. and, and I get that. But I, I the, the Cowboys at the height of their powers had a 
coast-to-coast kind of fan base. The Patriots don't have quite that. Everybody else hates that. I, I, di- I don't disagree with that. And all of that. New England loves that. I don't them, disagree but... with that. Everybody was the Cowboys and the Steelers yeah. growing up in the 70s and the 80s, you know, and some Redskins and Dolphins, you know, some some of that. I don't disagree with what you said, but, you know, Dallas is, you know, not deserved that. I don't, I don't, I don't feel they've deserved that kind of, uh, you know, the kind of glamour sort of, sort of visage that they, that's out there for them over the last 20 plus years. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, so that, that is the big news. Ruben Foster, uh, just released. Obviously that's a team with a, a younger coach and a GM that are, have long contracts and are trying to build a certain type of attitude, personality, chemistry, call it whatever you will. Uh, but we uh, see him released, and you know they'll they'll start anew on defense. They, they've had a ton of injuries this year, uh, not the least of which was their, to their quarterback position with Jimmy Garoppolo. So, coming um, up there from Jim, and he also let me know that AJ Green is officially out. So he goes from doubtful to out. I, I think we all expected that. And for you AJ Green owners, of which I am one. It stinks, but you got to look for another option today. And I, I think I don't even know what my option is on that team. So uh, I had to replace him with uh, with either in one of my leagues. I got to replace AJ Green with it, Terrell Williams or Devontae Parker. Terrell Williams is uh, questionable too. He's like he's a, a game like time a, decision now. Yeah, yeah look, either him or, him or Parker. You know, it's one of the two. But Ooh, Parker, ouch. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot. And Miami's. <laughs> I feel your pain. Court, Miami's receiving core is all banged up as well. So um, we'll, we'll take a look at that here while we cover the uh, wide receiver position. Again, Scott's rankings you can find on the RotoExperts.com website in the exclusive Edge package. So Michael Thomas, he had at number one. And again, if any other major news comes up, we'll keep updating it uh, accordingly. So. Uh, Michael Thomas, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, comes in at number one. He did not have a great game the other night. Only four catches, 38 yards. DeAndre Hopkins at number two. He plays tomorrow night two. versus Tennessee. Uh, home game for the Texans. What? Number two. Number two. Yeah. Uh, Antonio Brown at three. Uh, Scott he's, is he's feisty just, this morning. Yeah, it's all right. He's not. Yeah, watch it, day. Yeah. <laughs> he, is, <laughs> he is. Yeah, you can't do it. Yeah, so Julio, yeah, he's ready to spar with Corey Parson for the next three hours. J- Scott is joining me this morning on Lineup Block Live. No Gabe Morency this morning. So uh, Julio Jones came in at number four. Big game for him, obviously. Devontae Adams at number five going up against Minnesota. Andrew Sandejo still out at safety for the Vikings. So he has been a loss to them. They've been more vulnerable due to poor play, A, and B injuries in the secondary this season. Odell Beckham at number six. Odell tops the Daily Roboto projections. I'm with them only because, and I would have Odell at number one this week, personally, because Philly is so banged up at, at corner. Uh, we already know Darby's out. We got Jalen Mills is hurt, and they got more guys that are out at corner. They've been bringing guys in off the street. It's a tough position in which to do that. So uh, I have real concerns Half about their them starters being, weren't even with the te- weren't right. even on the starting roster a month ago. That's right. So um, so from that standpoint, uh, you're going to have to take a look at. Um, I mean, Odell's in your lineup every week. That's not the issue. But for DFS, he may be a lock to be in your lineup. So Adam, yeah, because he's, he's got the most upside. It's. You know, when I rank it for seasonal, just for edif- edification, 
you know, the, the guy, the guys that are four guys that are ahead of him just matchup proof. No matter what they what what they uh, who they face, you know, they they have the highest floors, etc. Yeah. So here here's the edification. Action. Isn't that isn't that a building? <laughs> no. Cornerback Sidney Jones, Avante Maddox, and Jalen Mills have all been ruled out, and Rasul Douglas is questionable after missing practice all week. So three corners are out. Rasul Douglas, questionable. Um, Linebacker Jordan Hicks is also out. So um, it's gone from bad to worse for Philly. And uh, there you go on that. Adam Thielen comes in at number seven and Stefan Diggs at number eight. So those guys are back to back. Juju Smith-Schuster at nine with Antonio Brown at three. So both pairs of the Steelers and the Vikings wide receivers make the top ten. Mike Evans rounds out the top ten. Jim, I'll pause there. Anybody else uh, other than Odell that you want to comment on? Uh, really, I mean, it's pretty straightforward for the most part. The, the only guy that, I, I mean, we're and we're nitpicking here, I, I have Hilton over Juju Smith this week, but, I mean, you're talking two spots on his rankings. It, that's nothing. There's there's no way to quantify that. So, yeah, I, that's the only thing for me. I, I just think Juju may be a little high, but only a couple spots. The Steelers guys are good for, especially Juju, are really big for, like, it's funny though. I was comparing it to T.Y. Hilton. They're both good for big plays, right? Seventy-five yard touchdowns and that. That's a, a T.Y. and Juju Smith-Schuster are that kind of player. Uh, even though Juju probably sees more. I wonder who's leading between those two in targets this year. Has Hilton's been banged up? I'll tell you. Well, I'll, I'll go look it up yeah. for you while you talk. Yeah, okay, so I'll keep going. T.Y. Hilton. He he does have it. Number eleven. Julian Edelman back on the field uh, this week. Number 12, Keenan Allen at 13. So with Tyrell Williams banged up, Melvin Gordon banged up, may, both guys may not play. You see in a, a, a universe where Keenan Allen skyrockets up your rankings here? I think I like him where I are just because I really like uh, the other matchups for some of the other guys. I'm not saying I don't like Keenan Allen at all. It's just it's naturally where he fell just because I some, like some of the guys are better than him ahead of him. Yeah, I think Keenan Allen in look uh, with or without Terrell Williams, you know he's going to be a target hog. But you know if Melvin Gordon plays, and uh, I'm just guessing, I don't know anything for sure. You know, doing my ranks though, I have to think Melvin Gordon's going to play. And the Cardinals are just so bad against the run. I think they're not going to have to throw a lot. Yeah, I mean Scott has to do to everybody listening out there. Scott has to do his rankings as if the guys will play. He's he's. <laughs> I have to I have to know what side of questionable they're on, whether right. they're on the positive or negative side. Of right. Question. So he's obviously muting. Guys, questionable. Gordon. I think he's not going to play. Then I bump him down. By he's ranks. obviously muting Melvin Gordon's projections on some level. He wouldn't have him at number ten. He would have him all the way at number two. So you can suspect that he won't play a full game. But without knowing that he's out, he can't just drop him all the way down to twenty four. If the guy plays, he could score a couple of touchdowns in the first half, and then they rest him the rest of the way. So uh, anyway. Um, back to so Keenan, real quick ahead, on the, the targets for Hilton and Juju. Juju has actually seen thirty more targets than Hilton. I didn't think he was that many. Season, although he's yeah, he's played two more games. Hilton was out the two games. Exactly. And you know, I'll I'll equate some of that to the very poor start that we saw from Luck Agreed. when he did first come out. Agreed. Um, so you know, it, uh, over the last month and a half, I'd have to say I give the advantage to Hilton that, uh, over Juju Smith. I'll tell you what. Last year they so finally well. looked like they were both on that same page last week. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. Though. The one thing I'd say about the Colts is it is really apparent that the Quentin Nelson Nelson pick at offensive line has had a really big impact because Luck was getting yeah, hit a lot so much earlier yeah. in the year, and the offensive what, line has been, been really good. What was the last time he was sacked? 
Yeah, he had like one Seven sack over ago. the course. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like he had like one sack over the last month or something like that. Um, they've been great. He looks like Mike. No, it's actually he been looks longer like Mike than that. Sitting in the host chair back yeah. there. Uh, yeah, it's. I think it's even longer than that that he's been sacked. I, I want to say I think it's seven games. Oh, there you go. So, I seem to remember that even better than I uh, remembered. So, so there you go. Um, that has been transformative. And look, it, we talk about you and I talk about offensive lines a little bit. We you know we do our best to break it down. And there's a few teams that I was a little worried about going into this year: the Giants, <clears throat> the Texans, and the Cardinals. And it scared me away from Barkley and David Johnson and Deshaun Watson. Those are like the three guys that I really just kind of avoided because I thought the offensive lines would create a lot of trouble for them. But conversely, I have to give the Colts credit for being a lot better than I anticipated. And in fact, I cut Marlon Mack halfway through the year, even though I kept him in a league because it wasn't looking good early. And even though I thought he had a chance to be the lead back there, I just thought, well, he's not going to be able to do anything anyway. I need this roster spot. And I was wrong because they didn't I, I thought it was going to be a committee. I thought it was going to be a combination of him, Hines, and Wilkins. And Max come back better than anybody thought he would. But it's the O-line play that's really helped him and, and Luck become an elite quarterback again. Like he, Andrew that's, Luck is starting that football's conversation. Football's a team sport. I hear people saying, oh, anybody can run by that offensive line or – you know, things like that. It, it's a team sport. When you have a good offensive line, then the running back can, you know, be more creative and play up to his potential. Yeah, and teams really don't win consistently when their offensive lines are, are poor or, or worse. So uh, keep going here, Jim. Josh Gordon at number 14. So Scott has Edelman and Gordon coming off the buys, both in the top 15. They're going up against the Jets secondary, which has been over the course of the year, banged up and not playing particularly well. So 28th against uh, opposing wide receivers. They allow 40.8 fantasy points to the position. That's rough. So um, Alshon Jeffrey. The reason why they call the Jets is because everybody flies right past their defensive backs. That's too too on the nose with that pun. So Alshon (laughs) Jeffrey at 15, Emmanuel Sanders at 16. That was a punt of a pun. Yeah, yeah. Kenny Galladay at 17. I'm going to go right all the way to 20. Uh, Larry Fitz at 18. Tyler Boyd at 19. Tyler Lockett at 20. The one thing I'd say last week is I love that Larry Fitzgerald, 55 and a half over receiving yards. He catches two touchdowns, but only two passes for 23 yards. So if you had that prop bet, you lost, even though he uh, ends up having a productive fantasy day. So I I rattled off that next 10 there, Jim. Uh, Tyler Boyd with A.J. Green out, you'd think his value goes up, but he's been a little bit nicked up too. Well, not only is he nicked up, you know, this is what happens a lot. One receiver, uh, a receiver who's playing well as the number two, all of a sudden gets forced into that number one role and is starting to go against the better defensive backs. And, you know, that that comes into play as well. And when you add in, you know, Andy Dalton not playing very well at the same time, it doesn't really equate to great numbers for Boyd. But this week against his Cleveland defense, who's just giving it up to everybody, Boyd should absolutely be in play, right? You know, basically right where Scotty has. Him, uh, you know, as a, a wide receiver too, maybe the low end wide receiver too, with upside uh, in this game, just because of the matchup alone. Yeah, the Bengals ranked twenty seventh against opposing wide receivers, allowing forty point three fantasy points per game. But because Boyd hasn't been able to step up and will face Denzel Ward and you know play that number one spot, I can't make him like uh, you know mid range wide receiver too. It's more towards the lower end. And by the way. 
uh, Tyler Lockett today, whether you're playing <laughs> against seasonal yeah. or daily, uh, playing against the Panthers' pass defense that's allowed 10 touchdown passes to wide receivers. He's one of only 13 wide receivers to have posted 10-plus points in nine or more games this Seven year. Seven touchdown receptions. It's really, games. I mean, granted, there's some touchdown dependency in there, but he's been a consistent fantasy option. If you have been playing him as your wide receiver three or in a flex every week, you've been getting value for the most part. Very, just, very, well, maybe the, one of the biggest, if not the biggest game of the day, because it just means so much in the NFC playoff picture. And you can beat the Panthers deep in the secondary, and Lockett will do it. The Seahawks run the ball, and then they pick their spots deep with playoff play action. Uh, yeah, uh, agreed. So you had Lockett there. Amari Cooper, man, if if 20 guys have a better week than Amari Cooper, we're in good shape, Jim Day. So Cooper, he <laughs> had a 21, uh, a monster game from him. Jarvis Landry at 22, who's been, you know, on the whole, disappointing this year. Golden Tate. At there ain't no on the whole. He's been disappointing yeah. this year. Yeah. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, the, the crazy thing here is, you know, I was talking about this a little bit on yesterday's show with uh, with Joe Galena is, uh, you know, what we're seeing here is we Browns have three players in the top ten and drop passes in the league. You know, between Landry, uh, Callaway, and Njoku, three of the top ten receivers basically who have dropped the most passes you know some of that may be because they're still learning how to catch mayfield's ball yeah i mean they're working with ted gidner in the offseason it's tough it's (laughs) tough for uh mayfield to have to be dealing with that so we'll come back wrap up wide receivers and do tight ends it's mike scott and jim on fst Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Serenading us coming out of the break. <clears throat> man for man's earth band. Noosh. I mean, references to this song makes it sound a hundred years old. But it's okay. I feel a hundred years old. It's a good it's a good jam. So well, you are. <laughs> so oh, look at Scott just throwing, throwing yeah, really. He really is fired up. Older to Jeez. Be. Uh so um so we were talking wide receivers. Um uh, Jim will keep pumping news uh, our way all throughout the morning uh, through the rest of this show, through the next show. Jim is kind of the guy feeding us news. So <clears throat> uh, wrapping up wide receivers, we did uh, Deshaun Jackson comes in at number 24. He might be a little bit of a popular DFS play as a contrary move, only because Jameis is expected to put up numbers, but his numbers haven't been good with Jameis as opposed to Fitz, uh, Jim. No, you're right. We we 
definitely was a downturn with him uh, once Winston came back into the lineup, but not enough to kill his value. He, he was, a, you know, most weeks he's still a double-digit performer. Uh, you know, he's going to get you those points, but he's not the big guy. You know, we saw the first two weeks with uh, with Fitzpatrick under center, no doubt. Uh, but, uh, you know... It, it, definitely a contrarian play, I will say that. There's no doubt about it. You're looking at a guy o- over the last three weeks only caught 11 passes for just over 130 yards. So, you know, not really big numbers from him. Uh, so I'll throw out a whole slew of players right here. And, Scott, I'll let, you, I'll let you comment on these guys because I feel like these are the guys we get questions about every week. Sterling Shepard, Marquez Valdez-Scanley, Cortland Sutton, DJ Moore, Kiki Kuti. Christian Christian Kirk, excuse me, and even Corey Davis. You have all those guys ranked between 27 and 35. But I think you're just taking a look at, hopefully you just have one of those guys to decide, or two of those guys to decide between and not hope you're playing multiple of those guys because there's so much fluctuation in what they do, correct? Yeah, the rookie wide receivers are very, very inconsistent. Uh, DJ Moore is the guy I'd want to have, I think, the rest of the way, of the rookies. Not... I, I guess I, Ridley. I think, I think it's kind of even with like him and Valdez Scantling and Sutton. You know, Sutton's got upside. Scott Valdez Scantling does it any given week. To me, they're pretty much all the same. You know, they're all, they're like in a group. All of these guys have upside. It's a good rookie class, but you can't can't count them any week. Uh, call it a gut feeling, and my gut is considerable, so I do have to listen to it. I do look like a lowercase b from the side, but you know, call it a gut feeling that I like Mark. <laughs> I like Marquez Valdez Scantling this week to rebound, especially when you talk about Sendejo not being there. Yeah. Um, so, Jim, how about we'll make that the we'll wrap up uh, their the wide receiver discussion on that of the rookie wide receivers. I guess you're putting Ridley in front, but of the rest of that group, who do you like? You got Sutton, you got Kuti, well, you got you Valdez put, Scantling. I like put Ridley in front though. Two good games in the last six. I'm not saying it's he's been consistent. Uh, but he's been the best overall. Yeah, and he that's plays based with Matt on Ryan. the first four games of the season, though. And he plays with Matt Ryan. Yeah, yeah, but Valdez Cantley plays with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, who's, whose lately. completion percentage is like not even in the top fifteen this year. I'm just saying, Matt, Aaron Rodgers not having a good year for Aaron Rodgers. No, not by Aaron Rodgers' standards, but still, they're both very good quarterbacks. Sorry, Jim, but Valdez Cantley overall has been better lately. Uh, well, yeah, one point sorry to me. I didn't say it. <laughs> they're, they're all in the same like, boat. No, you're cutting, he's cutting you right. off. That's why he's apologizing. So, <laughs> oh, okay. Because I said sorry the question for you. So, yeah. well, then uh, let me, then you answer it, Jim. One. Is it Ridley? Is it not Ridley? And who are the rest of the guys if it isn't? I, I think it's DJ Moore. I'm with you. But, you yeah. know, again, it, they're, they're so up and down every week with rookie wide receivers the way it is. The only reason I like more and more is because we're seeing Funches not really getting the target share he was getting early in the season. A lot of that is due to Greg Olson coming back. But, yeah, there, there's some talk about him not being a very good wide receiver as well. I don't think he's that bad. Uh, I, I think he's okay, but he definitely has some balls bounce off his hands. And he's he doubtful have. today. So DJ Moore and is he's a guy doubtful today. today. So, right. And so, DJ Moore, I do like today. So we're going to anoint DJ Moore after one good game. No, I'm just I'm trying to read the tea leaves, Scott. It's what we do here every week. And I'm saying Calvin Ridley over Marquez Valdez-Scantley because Matt Ryan has been an excellent fantasy QB this year. 
And it could happen at any time for Aaron Rodgers because he's the best quarterback in the world. But it hasn't been happening lately. Marquez Valdez-Scantling had a miserable game last week. Yes, he did. I'm trying to read the tea leaves for the rest of the way. I think the Panthers overall are a pretty good football team with two, with three options in the pa- four options in the passing game, one of whom is doubtful today in Devin Funches. DJ Moore is the only healthy guy. I think you get on a little bit of a run here if Funches continues to be banged up. Greg Olson is nearing retirement. And McCaffrey is obviously the best player offensively on the team, not named Cam Newton. So I, I just think there's a path for DJ Moore, even though I concede it will be, like most rookie wide receivers, probably inconsistent these last four or five weeks. Yeah, Calvin Ridley, five single-figure PPR performances in his last seven games. Yeah, DJ Moore's had one game uh, that, that's that been very good. So none, none of the like, like you just said, you know, I was saying, none of these guys are reliable that's why I, I, I tell people I, not to draft them. To me, they're all in the same tier together. Yeah. I don't. I don't think anyone is clearly ahead of the other. Um, okay. So Jim and I will say DJ Moore. I think we would more. We would agree with you on in general that yes. Next week it could be somebody else. Sure, it could be. Yeah. I hope it's Marcos Valdez Cantley because that would help me the most. I don't have any DJ Moore. I have one Ridley. No, the problem with I the team I have Rid- the, the problem is. The one team I have Ridley on, Jim, it's a, it's always this way with rookie wide receivers is why I don't like having them. It's it, This is a keeper league, though. It's why I drafted Ridley, because I can keep him next year at a discount. It's every week I take a look at it. What's the projection? What does it look like? And then I throw Ridley in there, and it's a two. And the week <laughs> after that, I don't put him in, and he goes eight for 93 and a touchdown, and it nearly was eight for 102 touchdowns. So um, that's the problem. With having the rookies, they're just not consistent, like Scott said. So, um, all right, I, I think we. Wise man would say yet, the rookie, is, yet, a rookie fan- is a rookie. Go ahead, but but yet fantasy owners just love to draft these rookies each and every year, and they go nuts for them. And, and I'm with you. I very rarely have rookie wide receivers on my team. On the year to year basis, if you look at rookie wide receivers numbers, they're terrible. They're not even ownable. Like if you take an entire rookie wide receiver class. They're just not. This ownable. is a good. This is a good class because there a lot of them are audible, but yeah. they're they're very very erratic. True, true. You I gotta, would agree. This to, is a pretty good class. Them. You got you got to stream them. It's like I'm one team. I'm streaming Valkyrie Scantling with Sutton, you know, and I have them ranked both next to each other, and I, and I couldn't decide, so I went with my gut, and I'm going with Violet Scantling. Yeah, look at the the wide receiver class from I guess it's three years ago now. It was Laquan Treadwell, Will Fuller, and Josh Doxson. Only one of those guys has been a guy that you'd want, and he's Quan, hurt all the Quan time. Dreadwell drags them all down by association. Yeah, but Doxon has been nothing. He's been hurt all the time yeah, really. and not productive. Will Fuller's been explosive, but unfortunately hurt, hurt a lot. Yes. And, you know, hopefully he comes back next year and it's something different. Let's Slow go over down. To, You're going to get hurt. Let's go over to tight ends. Um, Zach Ertz, no shock, number one. George Kittle comes in at number two. He's actually, according to Daily Roto, I think he's the top projected tight end, but he's right there with Ertz. Um, so those two on the main slate today. Uh, Greg Olson comes in at number three. Rob Gronkowski is back. Let's pause there for a second, Jim. It looks like Gronk is expected to play, despite being questionable throughout the course of the week. I don't think it's been officially announced yet, but he is expected to play. We'll know more at 1130 when we do inactives. And uh, what are your thoughts on Gronk? Would you would you just put him back out there this week? Uh, if, if I'll give you a primary example, 
I have Gronk and Cameron Brait, who Scott has at number five. O.J. Howard is out for the rest of the year. Brait becomes a bigger part of that offense. So if you were deciding between Gronk and Cameron Brait, who would you play? I'm going to play Gronk. Uh, look, I know Scott has him, you know, Braid high. A lot of people are high on Braid. But, you know, it's not like he's been an every week producer when he was the starter with Winston, even last year. Uh, towards did nothing the last couple of games. So, you know, it's not like he's a dominant force just because he steps on the field with O.J. Howard out. Um, you know, Gronk has, you know, definitely he's not having a year anybody wanted. He's way down the list. Uh, you know, he's coming off missing three out of the last four games. Now he's got to buy. So hopefully he's a little healthier, but he just gives you so much more upside that I would play him. I just based on that upside alone, if he is a little bit healthier now coming out of this bye week <laughs> in, in a game that, you know, Brady isn't doing well, he's going to need his big receiver to go out there and get work done. I'm going to take the upside of Gronk over Brady who you know might have a good game, may be outscored Gronk, but he just doesn't have the upside that Gronk does. Look, if you don't have one of those top three tight ends right now, Kelsey, Kittle, or Zach Ertz, you're pretty much hoping for bonus points every week because these tight ends are so erratic. They're so unpredictable. There's no floor for any of them. One week, Eric Ebron's the best example. Three touchdowns one week and a zero the next. If you don't have one of those three, there's no only three teams in your entire league, every fantasy football league out there is feeling good about their tight end position. If you play in a 12-team league, nine teams, nine owners are not feeling confident about their tight end position. This is the worst I've ever seen a disgusting position. Um, and look, you're, you're talking about the big three, but even Zach Ertz last week had 3.5 fantasy points. That's, that's true. I, I say this every year. A week after scoring 40. Yeah. <laughs> I, I say this every year. And I, I, I didn't heed my own advice on the Gronk thing, but it's a different kind of league. We were I was, we were trying something a little bit different. It's a deeper league. I drafted Gronk. I, I almost always punt on tight end, even in a league like Scott Fishbowl, which all three of us are playing in, where they award big points to tight ends. Point I punt on that thing. Every year. And that's going to be my strategy. If anybody says, well, have, have you done well in Scott Fishbowl? I do not draft tight ends early, and I make sure I get two good quarterbacks and l- let the chips fall where they may with everything else. That's my Scott Fishbowl strategy. That's it. <laughs> my Scott Fishbowl team is so bad right now that half my starting lineup is, is backup tight ends. <laughs> so, yeah, so you're just you know, hoping against hope that you, you catch a touchdown there. But um, it, the posi- Nick like the position is a mess every year. It's not just this year. It may be the worst that we've seen. But it's always bad. Some guys Jim get drafted, hurt. Jim drafted Red Ellison. Sure. I had Red Ellison <laughs> on my team at one point because everybody, because my guys stunk. Will Disley and all this other nonsense that I had to go through. They get hurt a lot. Uh, they're not consistently targeted in the offense unless it's the big three. And I guess you can call it. I mean, is George Kittle joining the big four? I mean, look. Kittle and Olsen and Austin Hooper, for example, are guys that you'd want. But Olsen missed some time and uh, other guys missed games. It's just a hard thing. I and like to having- me, the hot guy right now is Jeff Hireman of the Denver Broncos. He's yes. had a ton of snaps. He's on the field. And Case Keenum's looking his way the whole time. And you know time. what? He, like, if he, Jake he could, Butt he didn't get hurt, top five. you wouldn't even know who he was. Jake yeah. Butt got hurt and tore his ACL again. And I was telling Dane Martinez on our FST midweek show, 
<laughs> that I think Jake Butt is going to be a thing in Denver because he's a very talented pass catcher. And there was some, there was a gleam, glimmer of hope there. And then he tore his ACL. And now Jeff Horman is the guy. So Keenum likes to look for the tight end. I think that's what we've learned here. So I'll just race through these because we just annihilated this position. Cam Braid at five. Eric Ebron at six. Austin Hooper at seven. Uh, Jack Doyle at eight. Jeff Hoyerman at nine. Scott's favorite tight end now. This is your favorite guy. Chris Herndon, the fourth uh, of the New York Jets, is number 10. David Njoku, Jim just told you, drops everything. Trey Burton at 12. Uh, I'm stopping there. All the Jared Cook, I should mention, at unlucky 13. But uh, in Daily Rota projections, uh, they like him this week. So Yeah, the Ravens are not good against tight end. Yeah, so um, the guys that Daily Rota likes are Kittle, Doyle, Brait, Cook, Hoyerman, C.J. Uzuma, who I'm, I'm not No, playing. I'm not going anywhere near C.J. Uzuma. <laughs> this is going to be a Jim Day thing. I don't know why they like C.J. Uzuma. And like, Uzuma's going to have two touchdowns. You know what I'm say? agreeing with Jim. You know what I'm saying? I, I, so, Jim, I'll throw it over to you after this. On Thanksgiving, <clears throat> we sat here. Mike Leone was on with us uh, to do DFS, and it was me and Greg Sussman and uh, Gabe Morency. And I, I had Vernon Davis in my lineup, and I was just going back and forth, and I was getting irritated with myself, with Mike Leone, with the whole thing, pointing that I needed to play Vernon Davis. And I was like, I'm doing it. You guys cannot make me move anybody else around. And you know what? It freaking paid off. Unbelievable. Guy scores a 53-yard touchdown. Vernon Davis. And Jordan Reed had it a good game. It happens that way. You ever see the movie Carlito's Way? Yes, many it bees times. that way sometimes, Poppy. It does. You no, know, it does. Yeah. It does be that way because sometimes you know the guys you expect to play well, they don't. The guys you don't expect to play well, in desperation. Oh, I didn't want to put Vernon Davis in there, and he blows up. So, uh, Jim, I, I wrapped it up. Wait, wait, it, it's been it so Jordan bad for me. Go ahead. Wait, one, one more yes. point. It's been yes. so bad for me this year that last week I was forced. I had no, uh, no, absolutely no choice. I had to start Antonio Gates. Look what happened. Yeah, and look what happened. I, I thought it for sure it was a total dead. You know, just put a guy in a lineup and screw it, and and then he goes out. He he he's relevant again. Yeah, uh, I hate tight ends this year. He's five for one eighty. <laughs> who, who was that guy tight end a few years ago who scored like three touchdowns and then he disappeared? That has happens to a lot of guys. Who is who scored. was that? Mo Ali Cox has scored uh, three to touchdowns think. this year. He's a basketball player. Yeah. Well, hey, team. Eric Swoop did the same thing before Giants, Mo Alley Cox. That's right. There was a Gi- Giants tight end like about four or five years ago. Like, <sighs> had this huge uh, I'm game. I'm drawing a blank. I, I can't remember. I remember when Mercedes Lewis last year scored like three touchdowns in a game. Yeah, I mean, these things happen. So, you know, we had the Ricky Seals-Jones game last year, late last year. We had the Gerald Everett game this year. Gerald Everett, for the record, is on the Rams, and he has 18 catches for the whole year. But, of course, against the Michael Chiefs, Roberts had three for 49 and two touchdowns. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to keep seeing games like this throughout the rest of the year. That's what the position is. It's what the position has been historically. Uh, unless you're willing to go up and get Kelsey and Ertz, then 
All right, now and now it'll be Kittle. Kittle next year. People don't want to trade him. I offered <laughs> Philip Lindsay for him this past week. When George got, Kittle just before the ten deadlines passed, and I got he's a nice, down. he's a like, he's a nice solid base at tight end. So uh, anyway, we'll come back. We'll do some prop bets, Jim. If you have one before the break, uh, feel free to throw one out. We'll do some prop bets after this. Do survivor picks and, and DFS lineups. But uh, if you have one prop bet before the break, I do. I, how about Bar- Barkley over under rushing yards sixty eight point five. I'll take that. I'll take over. That's that's low enough. Yeah, I think I have to too, especially with the last two weeks of them giving him twenty rushing attempts. Yeah, uh, or, or over. I think what, he I, had like eight hundred yards him against him in the first meeting. Yeah, I mean Barkley. Yeah, he was pretty good. Barkley's <laughs> yeah. always a better bet for the total scrimmage yards, but so that's why the rushing yards total seems kind of low. But uh, to Jim's point, he's been getting the carries lately, and I'll take the over there. So we'll come back. We'll do some more fun prop bets. We'll take a look at some spreads on the day. And obviously, we'll get into uh, Survivor Picks and anything else, DFS lineups. It's Mike, Scott, and Jim on FST. We'll be back to close out the show right after this on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. on FST Game Day Edition. Headed to the top of the hour, and then it's lineup lock live. We'll be on from 10 to 1. It's myself, Scott Engel, and Corey Parson getting the band back together. After that, from 1 to 4, it'll be Fantasy Football Live. That'll be Corey Parson and Scott. And uh, I believe Chris Welsh comes in for the updates. Then from 4 to 8, it is George Kurtz, Cam Stewart, Joe Galena. Uh, and then from 8 to 10, Scott Engel and Jim Day doing Fantasy Football Rewind. Uh, no, Scott Engel. Jim Day will be doing Fantasy Football Rewind with somebody. Maybe George Solo. Kurtz. Oh, good. George Kurtz. I missed working with George. Did The most consistent duo or team on the radio shows on this network for the first two years was George Kurtz and Mike Blewett on Saturday mornings. It was unchanged. There were many iterations of the morning show, different crews and all that kind of stuff. But George and I, for like two years, we were on Saturday mornings. You know how on real teams they talk about glue guys? Mm -hmm. George Kurtz has been the glue guy in this company for a decade. It's been Roto Experts or FNTSY, one of the most dependable people I've had, ever had the pleasure of working with. Yes, and unusually salty on air, but a really nice guy. He's just salty uh, about, yeah, he sounds like a grump. <laughs> he isn't really. He's a little grumpy. And, and the perfect show for his title for him was old school. Like, he's old school. George just is. Yes. But he knows football and baseball 
at hockey incredibly well. Like you just nope. very <laughs> the Long Island Rage. It's no, nobody knows hockey like George Kurtz. That's yeah. why I call him Blue Line. Yeah, he's. I mean, you talk a blue line about hockey. He's he's uh, he's great. So anyway, uh, George will be on with Jim tonight, and so uh, I'll listen to you guys. Jim Jim will be the happiest guy on that show tonight from eight to ten. Even if bad things happen to you today, I would suspect that you'll be the happier of the two. Although George is a <laughs> Cowboys fan, I mean, I can't believe. That they've won four games in a row. I can't believe it. The, the Giants. Not by, after the way they started. And four games in 18 days. They it? had that gauntlet that they had to do. And they did it. They won every game. As did the Saints, by the way. And now they're playing again next Thursday. Ironic that those two teams had the four games in 18 days, then play next Thursday. If the Cowboys win that, I might give up. Yeah, but the Chris Venture thinks the, the Giants are going to win their next six and uh, win the division. So does Odell Beckham. Uh, well, I don't think that. I actually do think the Giants are not out of it, but I don't think that. I, I don't think they'll win it, but they're not out of it. I, I think, you know, it's a weird division this year. Somebody will win the division at 8-8. Eight 8-8, eight. Eight eight, yeah, yeah, right, Seahawks exactly. won a division at 7-9 and nine one year and then won a playoff game. So Yeah, uh, the beast quake. Beast mode, yeah, that's yeah. right. So, all right. Uh, we've done uh, everything we need to do from the ranking standpoint. If you have further questions, hit these guys up on Twitter. I'm not a good guy to hit up on Sunday mornings because I'm doing this. Uh, I got to do my own lineups during the break, so answering your questions is a little tough on Sunday mornings, but hit me up and uh, you know get a follow and ask me questions during the week. I'm happy to answer them then. So Scott is at Scott E. Roto X. Jim is at Fantasy Taz. And I want to say before we get to DFS lineups and survivor picks and Jim's prop bets that he's got for us, if you want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire, try DailyRoto.com for free this Thanksgiving. That's right. Free advice from Fantasy Millionaires. It's free daily fantasy projections, free access to everything you need to dominate NFL DFS this Thanksgiving weekend. So don't be a turkey. Head on over to DailyRoto.com and enter the promo code TG18 to access your free five-day trial. That's DailyRoto.com, promo code TG18, and you do get it for five days. doesn't shut off today. You get it for five days you know, with all the gobble-gobbles uh, that we have to offer. So, <clears throat> all right. So, uh, I'll set Jim up. If you, well, Jim, well, let's do our survivor pick first because I, I have a few lined up here that I think are possibilities. Uh, where did I write mine? I wrote them somewhere here. Oh, man, I erased my own note. Anyway, the three teams that I think are viable options today for a survivor. I think you got to like the Steelers if you haven't used them. I think you got to like the Colts. And uh, you probably already used the Patriots. They had that Colts Thursday night game. A lot of people use them on. Um so those are the two that pop out. I, I can't remember the third one that I had lined up, so apologies for that. But I think the Steelers and the Colts are pretty safe bets, Jim, today. Chargers, too, I would imagine. Well, there's a few I, I like this week. Uh, but ultimately, I, I think, you know, when push comes to shove, I, I think Chicago's the best bet this week. Yeah. Oh, good one. Good one. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> But no, seriously, if I'm going to take a team today, it's going to be Baltimore. Baltimore at home against Oakland. Yes, uh, I just think that, that was the other just one. I just totally shoved them down. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it is pretty interesting, right? That Lamar Jackson's playing his second game of his career. He's at a 12 and a half point favorite 
at home. It shows you what Vegas thinks of the Raiders, that a rookie can come in here, and they're like, yeah, they're two-touchdown underdog. Right, Jim? Not really. Uh, yeah, there's really not much you can say about it. I, I mean, the Raiders you know, surprised everybody by winning the game last week against Arizona. But, uh, yeah, there's really not, not a lot to like on this team. Everybody's hurt. Brandon LaFell had stepped up as their best quarterback since they got rid of Cooper, uh, wide receiver since they got rid of Cooper, and he's on IR. Uh, Jordy Nelson may play. Martavis Bryant is out. There's just not a lot of guys here to, to really like anything from this Oakland team going against a, a great defense at home. I just don't see it happening. Who's your call? I picked the Colts today only because I know, look, I, I got bumped out of my survivor pool. So, uh, but I looked last night at the survivor picks that you and I have been doing in the midweek show. And my options were Steelers, Colts, and Ravens. Uh, so I would pick the Ravens today. Just the Raiders on the road, like at one o'clock on the East Coast, they're not winning that. Yeah, well, the Ravens is so easy. You know, if I think they have to be my pick, I want I want to pick against the Dolphins because I hate the Dolphins. The I Ravens, do like the, the Colts Ravens, a lot today. The, Rave, the Ravens are too easy. I don't think they. Have Why do you a, hate the Dolphins so much? I'll get to that in a minute, but okay. uh, you know, I don't think the Ravens have a great defense, but they'll certainly look look uh, great. There's no more great defenses in the NFL right now. That's for sure. I live I lived in South Florida for eight years, and uh, I, I think it goes unreported just how Dolphin fans are like. Uh, a Southeast version of, of uh, Eagle fans or Philadelphia fans. They're very, very abusive Noxious. to people that don't root to, for the home team. Yeah, but they're also known as like a sort of a fair weather fan base, too. They, they are, but the ones that stick true are just so surly and like Philly's not obnoxious and uh, uh, attacking of, of people. It's like, I'm a Seahawks fan. What are you attacking me for? Like, I'm, I'm Maybe not, it's just your I'm personality. Jet not jet the, shirt. I, I've seen them do it. To, I've seen them do it to other people too. Got it. Just, All right. So you know, it's you not exclusive. It's not an angle only. They, they have said the most yeah. disgusting things. It's uh, you know, me. I I got a bad story. I don't even want to tell anyone. Yeah, let's not tell yeah. anyone. So uh, all right, Jim. So all right, I I would go Ravens, Colts, Steelers, in order. Uh, so I, I it look. You might have used the Ravens in week one against the Bills. I know I did in my one of my competitions. You probably haven't gotten to the Colts yet, but I think that would be an interesting one. I, I'm sure many of you have used the Steelers. I'm just, you know, I'm a nervous Steelers fan. I don't like to pick them and feel like I'm going to jinx it in some weird way because I'm a psycho. But uh, so that's it. What are you nervous about? I just am. They play like crap on the times, road. How many times have you seen them win the Super Bowl? Seen them as an adult twice. In your life, if you remember. I, I, it's, it's, I, I don't remember them playing the Rams in that Super Bowl, but I, I remember watching that game. Right. I was six years old. And that doesn't, I mean, it's a little different. I, I watched them win in 05. They beat the Hawks. And then I watched them win in 08 against the Cardinals. And they blew that game against the Cardinals. And Ben, who should have won the Super Bowl MVP, actually did something great. against In 2010 against the Packers, they got outplayed. They had a chance to win that game, but they got outplayed. And the Packers dropped nine passes and made Rodgers look well, they won like against they had a normal game. I don't want to hear them complaining about I know. that. You I know. Know, but, but it's been a while. <laughs> look, they have a Hall of Fame quarterback. It, it, it's it's been, a while now. It, it's been a while. It's been 10 years. 
They have a Why Hall of Fame ask, quarterback. Why don't you ask a Lions fan if it's been a while? Well, t- that's their problem. Uh, they have a Hall of Fame yeah, quarterback. Exactly. I'm just saying. I'm say. just saying. You have you have less room to complain in about fans of about. I'm 20, not bellyaching that the Steelers teams. aren't good. I'm just saying while they have a Hall of Fame wide receiver uh, quarterback and with a running back. Yeah, you've what seen do you want him me to say? Twice. I mean, it's, you know, it's. I get it. Yeah. So I'm greedy. I, Call and Scotty, I, I don't get your, I don't get your argument. People say that kind of stuff all the time. Oh yeah, but at least you're. You know, when I say I, I hate the Giants, you know, and I'm having a bad day, and I say I hate the Giants. Oh, but at least they they win won some Super Bowls. But see, that's the point. You guys don't get. It. If you're a fan of a bad team, you know they're bad. You you, you don't like it, but you know they're bad. That's, the not, Giants, that's not what that's Steelers. Not what I'm saying. It, well, that's the Steelers not what I'm had Tommy the Maddox. Though. I wasn't belly that's aching that they weren't going to the, the Super Mike's Bowl. Though, you, you you say you're by nature you're like a pessimistic Steelers fan. I don't would understand. I don't, I don't that. think it's pessimism. I just you know I have Nervous. I have a, a little bit of anxiety <laughs> when they play every week. It's fun. That's why I'm still a fan on some level. I I, I think okay. I'm a relatively neutral person when it comes to it. I think I evaluate them fairly. I just sometimes this, I hear you talk and you say the things. The Steelers have these bog, boggle the mind you type of performances like you, every year. You you, you, <laughs> say, you say certain things like you're a Bills fan. Like I'm so nervous. It's gonna be a letdown game. It's like they're playing the Saints next. They're a week. very they're a very good team. Unless the Steelers are playing New England, I think you should be confident. They're playing not next week. They're playing the Saints. They got games against the Saints and New England coming up, which are clearly. Huge games. Those would make they, those would make me nervous. Yeah, it, it, it would make me nervous. I wouldn't but want them looking. I just hear you continually game. saying the nerve. It's like they played bad for fifty-eight minutes last week. Did they win the game? Amazingly. Yeah. Okay. They played bad. I'm trying to evaluate them as a team. They played poorly for fifty-eight minutes. They played bad. The quarterback played bad. I can't believe they won. I can't believe they won that game. I just, I just think you're a little more nervous than you should be as a Steeler fan. I think you're probably right. Yeah, I think that's a fair criticism. So anyway, Jim, we got that out of the way. So it could be worse. You could be a Seattle fan. <laughs> oh really? Was easy when was the last time the Giants made the playoffs? <laughs> Call me when they make it again. And that was an easy. One. I was sitting right there. Yeah. I teed it up for him. So yeah. all right, Jim. Uh, let's get some props. I hate Eli Manning. You won two Super Bowls. I do. I've not. I've never been in Eli. I'd rather have Philip Rivers, who's never won nothing. I was on the air with Jim yeah, well, back he didn't then, have like that right team. after they won a Super Bowl, and he really still didn't like Eli. Eli was fresh off a Super Bowl victory. No I was doing podcasts with Jim, and Jim was like, "Yeah, I still don't like him." I'd like to make a change. Look, the, the thing with Eli is one week he looks like the super elite quarterback that you want on your team. The next week he looks like a total dud. And it happens far too consistently for me to like him. I'd much prefer a quarterback who's consistent, even if he's not elite when he's being consistent. He's not Just wrong. give me some consistency. You're not wrong. Let's just prop I'll, that. I'll take it consistent in winning two Super Bowls. I get it. <laughs> he's not upset about the Super Bowl, Scott. So... Uh, all right, Jim, give me a prop bet. <laughs> okay, here, we, a couple of guys we talked about already today. Kittle, over under receiving yards, 74.5. Um, you know, to me, this looks like an easy no-brainer. I think it, you got to take, I, yeah, you got to take the over in that yards one. On there at least but there's no Garcon, no Goodwin. So? So he's the primary target now. He always is. No Garcon, big deal. No Goodwin, Yeah, he big has deal. been. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, but I, I mean, there's only one, one time. Well, two times out of the last six games, where actually two times out of the last nine games, where he's actually gone under that number. So that number seems ridiculous to me. Is Garcon played at all this year? Come on. Uh, yeah, he hasn't done much. Well, but to Jim's point, like, um, this is a number that he's hit a lot. So I'll, I'll, I'll take the over there. 
What is, is there okay, a Kendrick Bourne prop? There is thirty eight point five over in. under receiving yards for Kendrick in. Bourne. In on it. I'm in on it too. He doesn't catch this catch rate is terrible, but in. With those two guys out, I'm in. I jump on that. I like it even more than the Kittle prop. Not really, but I, I do like it. <laughs> so, uh, let's keep going. Jim. I'll tell you what, the, the, you know, they like Bourne this week. I kind of like Dante Pettis because uh, they're they're having a, tel- a hell of a time trying to stop slot receivers. Uh, you know that that's their worst uh, is trying to stop Jim slot just did, receivers. Just, so Dante just, Pettis might step right in there. Jim just did something that reminds me of one of my favorite lines from a, a, a movie that I feel is, is underrated. You ever see the movie Along Came Polly? No. So Ben Stiller oh, yeah, and Philip Seymour Hoffman and Jennifer Aniston. It's a very, very funny movie. Anything with Jennifer Aniston is positive for me. Well, we know who Jim likes. So Jennifer <laughs> Aniston, uh, she looks fantastic in that movie, and she's funny. But Philip Seymour Hoffman is particularly funny. And he's a guy out there. He's playing, he's playing pickup hoops, and he's a miserably bad basketball player. And Ben Stiller is a germaphobe, and he's trying. He's covering this guy that's like going oh, shirts, yes. and he's like miserably sweaty. And Ben Stiller doesn't want to cover him, so he asks Philip Seymour Hoffman if he could switch off. And Philip Seymour Hoffman goes, "Look, dude, I just got it figured out how to defend this guy, so I'm not switching now." When clearly it wasn't the case because he's a bad basketball player. Jim just pulled that on me. I just figured out what to do with Kendrick Bourne and George Kittle, and he comes over the top with Dante Pettis, and i got to figure this all out all over again, so I'm done with it. I'm sticking Has with Dante Bourne Pettis and Kittle. Ball since week two? I don't know. <laughs> Has he? <laughs> hey, well, hey, you know, it's not like Kendrick Bourne has been lighting the place up, guys. Compared to just Pettis, saying. he has. Uh, Dante yeah, Pettis, really <laughs> 7 for 108 and a touchdown on the year. He has caught. He was four for twelve in week ten against the G-Men. So there you go. Before that, he hadn't caught a pass since week two. So that's Dante Pettis's uh, historically uh, terrible numbers at wide receiver. Uh, we got like a minute left. You got any more prop bets, Jim? Oh, I got plenty of prop bets, Mike. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, okay, Cameron Brait. Did we? We didn't do Cameron Brait no, yet. Did we? Forty-one point five over under. Forty. Forty-one point five over half. under. 41 and a half receiving yards against the Niners. I'll say I'll take it over. Is that going to be our stack game for the day? Niners, Bucks, just Daily Roto does like that as a stack. Yeah, that's their top stack <laughs> of the week. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, Jim, if you got a DFS lineup, definitely one of the highest implied point totals, 55 over and under. Yeah, one, so got, they like that as well. If you got a DFS lineup, Jim, throw it out. Okay, here I go. Uh, this is DraftKings main slate cash game. Uh, I got Andrew Luck at. 6,400, Nick Chubb at 6,300, Elijah McGuire at 3,600, Keenan Allen at 7,100, Tyler Boyd at 6,000, Kendrick Bourne at 3,900, Kittle at 6,200, McCaffrey at 7,900, and then the Eagles defense at 2,400. You brought it home. Eagles. Eagles. Why? (laughs) You just hate Eli that much? We closing out on the show and more Uh, Eli hate? Uh, it's not so much that it was more cost trying to get him in at, at that point. I thought they were cost effective. You just because Eli will you, make you brought some it mistakes. home with McCaffrey. You got both Niners in there, so I, I can't hate on you. We just talked about those guys. So thank you, Jim. We'll talk to you tonight. Thanks for feeding me the news all morning, and I'll be back with Scott and Corey Parson on Lineup Lock Live. You'll hear Jim tonight on Fantasy Football Rewind. Thanks for joining FST this morning. It's Lineup Lock Live next on Fantasy Sports Radio Network.